All right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Boca Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Holritz. Happy Monday to you for those of you that are live streaming with us. And I hope that you're live streaming with us. If, if you're not, make sure that you're hearing this after the fact, the audio version, to subscribe to us on Instagram. It's probably the best place, Boca, B-O-K-E-H podcast on Instagram. Keep up to date with the upcoming live stream schedule. We usually do one to two a week. And um, I would love to have you come join in the conversation. Speaking of, for those of you that are live streaming, don't be shy. Comment, ask questions, join in the conversation, share your thoughts on the topic at hand. And uh, we are going to be doing a brand position consultation. We've done two or three of these recently, which is kind of exciting. And uh, on that note, I actually want to introduce uh, a brand new guest on the show today. Stacy Savage is here with me. Stacy, thank you for being willing to do the show. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, well, and some of you may know there's a have noticed there's a little bit of a delay in the audio. We were actually working through some audio technical issues here before the show got started. That's why we were running a little bit behind. So just bear with us. We'll keep an eye on that and we'll adjust as we need to as we go along. Um, Stacy, I was saying this to you before the show, but I really appreciate your willingness to have this conversation on air for not only your own benefit, number one, but also the benefit of others. They can kind of listen in on what it means to explore establishing a really effective brand position. Oh, thank you for that. I actually have listened to a, a lot of these that you've done. And um, so it was kind of one of my goals to, um, I was like, gosh, I'd love to go on his show one day. So I'm so excited to be here. Well, and I have to say, I don't know you super well. We've had conversation, actually, I guess it was on Thursday or Friday that we chatted for a little while. It, you've got the sweetest spirit. And, yeah. and I, I also oh, love your, your passion for your photography business, what you're wanting to build with your photography business very much comes through. I said to you before we get started that the amount of detail that you shared in the notes to me ahead of time was maybe the most that I've ever seen from one of our guests on the show. It was really cool, but you can tell you've actually taken the time to think through what it is that you're wanting to build. Um, and, and that makes a big difference. When I went into photography, I was 20, 20 or 21 years old. There was very little thought that went into it. I just kind of jumped in. And that yeah. can have its advantages, but it also has its drawbacks. When you haven't actually taken the time to think through what it is that you're wanting to build, then you can end up kind of flailing about. So I have a lot of respect for the fact that there's a significant amount, actually, of intention that goes behind what it is that you're trying to build here with your photography business. Oh, well, thanks. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's important. You've got people's I mean, people's lives. It's, um, you know, their, their important moments, their family, the things they're going to look back on. So for me, um, I take that really seriously. And I think, um, yeah, it, it, I can't do it without thought behind it. Mm. Agreed. Agreed. I, I think it's super important. Intention. I used the word intention just a second ago. That's been a word at the front, forefront of my mind in the last couple of months. And I'm realizing more and more the significance of it and especially specificity mm -hmm. and intention, right? We can set broad goals, but it's another thing to really actually take the time to sit down, to do the hard work, to think through everything and come up with really clear, specific intention about what it is that we're trying to build and to do so with awareness, with, with intelligence, yeah. um, not just kind of randomly, you know, picking this cause it looks good or that cause it looks good, but actually doing so with, with, uh, I guess the context of awareness. And we're going to talk about that here in just a second. For those of you listening in, I want to pull up Stacy's website here really quick so you can get to know her a little bit. If you go to Stacy Savage, S-T-A-C-Y savagephotography.com. And uh, you can follow Stacy's brand there. You can also follow her on Instagram, Stacy Savage Photos. And of course, we'll link to both of these in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. Um, Stacy, let's just kind of jump into it because we've got a lot to cover here. Okay. 
and, and maybe before we get into the questions, um, and for anybody listening and who's not listened to a Boca podcast, the brand position consultation, we're going to be talking today about how to go about establishing a brand position and, and brand position, brand position statement. Is this is a concept that you had heard much about before the Boca podcast, Stacey? It is. I okay. um I have a marketing background, and um, so I'm familiar with all of that for sure. But it's um, one thing to know about it; it's another thing to try to apply it to yourself and your your own <laughs> business so and your own life. It just I don't know why all that all that knowledge goes out the window. It feels like. Well, I, the only reason I'm laughing is, and maybe I said this to you when we were talking last week, but we're in the process right now of getting ready to to. Or we're actually in the process of launching a, a new company, a new brand, and it's as much as I teach this stuff, whether it's this or I talk about copy, effective copy, um, building a website that, that encourages higher conversion rates, et cetera, all these things that I talk about with other photographers and I go to build my own thing, there's this kind of weird mental freeze that happens almost when it is your own yes. thing. Mm -hmm. it's, it's so true. It just, um, yeah, you could do it for somebody else, you know, possibly in your sleep, but when it comes time to do your own things, you just... I don't know what it is, but um, <laughs> it, encour it encourages connection. So that's good. You know, that, that makes us reach out to others. So I think it's a good thing. 100%. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. In fact, that's a really wonderful, not even a side note, it's an important note to make for everybody listening in as you are building your brand, and especially a brand position and brand position statement, share that with others, friends, family, kind of from the outside of the photography industry. I think being in the photography industry gives you one perspective, but of course, we're ultimately serving the general public. And so getting perspective from those that are not in the industry is, is especially valuable. We found that as well. Um, just to give, and, and so it's interesting, you've got a marketing background, you understand the concept of brand position, brand position statement. Most of the photography industry is not super familiar with it. Some of us have maybe heard of the phrase value proposition, for example. And that's probably the easiest way for anybody listening in or watching who's not familiar with the concept of a brand position to define brand position. It's a value proposition. And I think a good brand position and a brand position statement, it's not just communicating a value proposition, but a unique value proposition. And that's the goal here with mm -hmm. establishing a brand position and brand position statement is to enable us ultimately to stand out above the masses, right? Because there's so many photographers. Mm -hmm. I, I imagine, and you're in Wrightsville Beach near Wilmington, North Carolina, and you, you're going to be moving to Knoxville, Tennessee. And just from the research that I've done, there are a lot of photographers in that area. So you've got a bit of competition to stand mm -hmm. out amongst. That's true. Um, they um, and I, I will be. I'll be covering both markets. So I'll be part time in um, two different markets, and um, in both of those um, areas, there are so many talented, talented people here. And I think that's the hard thing about establishing your your brand position because um, even though you kind of have in your heart and your head why you want to why you want to to do this job. Um, that when you look around, you try to just to say, what do I offer that's unique? I can feel it, but I think that's something that we all probably struggle with as artists. Um, I came back from Imaging USA recently, and it was funny. Even people who'd been in the business 20, 30 years still um, questioned their their um, their value or their, uh, you know, in comparison with, your, with their peers. It's hard to... Mm. To, to manage that, if that makes sense. Sorry, it's off on a tangent a little bit, but I think it, it, when establishing your brand position and how you're unique, sometimes we are so critical of ourselves, it's hard to figure that out, you know? Well, it, but that, you actually bring up a really interesting point because there's a tendency in our industry to 
think as photographers and then to kind of project that onto our website into our brand, right? So you, you mm -hmm. talked about how you feel about your brand. How we feel about our brand is in many cases irrelevant to what we're actually trying to accomplish with with our clients or end clients. And a lot of photographers would kind of like they step back and be like, Nate, what are you talking about? This is all about me and my artistry and my brand and what I can, you know, put into this brand and offer. But that's nice. It sounds good. It feels good. But at the end of the day, the way that we think and feel is many, if not most cases, not the same way as an end client thinks and feels as far as how they're mm -hmm. looking at photography and the photography brand, right? So the, right. the challenge is to communicate in a way that resonates with a potential client and the language that they use that speaks to a value proposition that actually is meaningful to them. Um, mm -hmm. And we have to go outside of how we feel in many cases in order to do that effectively. Of course, right. the, the ultimate is to be able to kind of combine the two. And we'll talk about that here in just a little bit. Sue is chiming in from YouTube. She says, hi, from Sun Valley. Thanks for sitting, saying hello again, Sue. And hey, for Sue. anybody else, of course, that joins in, don't be shy. Say hello, comment, ask questions as we go along here. But again, we do have a lot to cover, um, Stacy. So I'm going to jump in really quick. I ask a lot of these questions to, to give everybody else context who's listening in or watching. I ask questions when it comes to establishing a brand position for the sake of context. We can't just randomly come up with a cute phrase to stick on our website. A lot of photographers do that and it's pretty obvious. There's a lack of intention. We talked about intention, a lack of specificity and intention with that. What we want to do is establish a unique value proposition through a brand position, a brand position statement that enables us to stand out. And the goal with that brand position statement is to communicate that unique value proposition simply and in a way that resonates with our potential clients. In order to do that though, we have to gain context awareness like we talked about earlier. That's where the intelligence and implementing a brand position comes in. So I like to get context. What are the top two or three reasons, first of all, why you even got into photography in the first place? Um, yeah, so um, to try to water this down, for me, it's kind of, um, gosh, why did I not go um, for for my whole life? That's kind of one of the things I've always wanted to do. Okay. Um, I've been inspired by, you know, time life pictures and, mm. um, National Geographic and my grandfather um, had, um, you know, a camera and he had old film and I used to um, sit and look at that for hours. And for me, um, I was just fascinated by the stories, um, just the stories of, of everyone there that you could tell. And so fast forward my whole life, um, I um, always had a camera, um, I'm a little bit of a... Um, I guess I'm an extroverted introvert. I love to be around people, but I also um, really enjoy watching and listening. Um, there's just there's so much to there's so much to see, um, and people's um, you can just kind of see the humanity in people when you take a t when you take time to to look and listen. And um, uh, when I, when I look around places, I I I I see photos. I see stories I just that's just kind of the way I, I do things um, um just for example um you know walking down the walking down the street a few years ago and this was when I I always knew I kind of wanted to start a photography business that wasn't the route that I went um so I kind of put it on hold for a while but I was a few years ago I was walking down walking down the street and there's a grandmother outside um watering um lawn with a, what I'm guessing was his grandson and um, I remember looking at that um, and thinking, gosh, that's a story that needs to be told. Somebody needs that photo. I wish I had my camera. I would, I would take that picture and give it to them. Um, and that's um, kind of fast forward again to um, a time in my life where I said, it's time to, I can go ahead and start this as a business now. Uh, I've kind of put my other career aside. My children are almost raised. And um, 
for me, um, it's an opportunity to serve people well. Um, I, um, I think it's an opportunity to make people feel valued. Um, mm. I think everybody's stories matter and photos are a record of, you know, legacy to pass down. And I think that matters a lot. So I know that's kind of a long answer, but it's, um, it's just kind of, it's my answer. <laughs> well, no, and it, and it gives wonderful context. First of all, one of the coolest things, and I mentioned your very sweet spirit, that's just a, like a natural tendency, I guess, that you have, but it comes through even as you're talking about this. But what's, what's cool about that is, and I know this word gets thrown around a lot, but I think a lot of times it gets thrown around meaninglessly. I see a, a genuine passion that comes through in your expression, in your eyes, and, and as you're talking about it, that you just it just genuinely makes you happy to consider telling a story using a camera. And that's really cool because uh, for multiple reasons, one, it sustains your, the hard work ahead in building a business, but then it also, and I think maybe even more importantly, enables you to make an even greater impact on the lives of those who you are going to serve. And you use the word serve, and that's not a word that we hear a lot these days. I think it's incredible. I think it's a really important word that we need to use more often. I think a lot of times that word, at least from, from my experience in the past, comes from a little bit more of a religious uh, atmosphere or world, world, if you will. It's one that I grew up yeah. in and, and it's where I mm -hmm. heard it the most these days in a more secular world. I don't hear it as much, but I think it's That's a beautiful true. word. When we think about this idea of making an impact on other people's lives in some way, making their life even a little bit better through our involvement in it, you know, whether it's with a camera or otherwise, I think it's a beautiful thing. And in the world, mm -hmm. it's a much, much better place when we have that kind of intention. So I can see that and in the expression in your face and the look in your eyes as you're talking about it, I think it's a really wonderful thing. Um, you also mentioned the significance of, of being able to document or this kind of photojournalism, if you will, as photography. Did you happen to watch the Super Bowl last night? I did. Did you? Did you see that there was a commercial? And actually, it was a religious commercial, kind of uh, like out of the blue. But there was a commercial <sighs> with a series of just absolutely stunning black and white photojournalistic images. Did you see that? Yes, I did see that. It was an amazing. I was like, "What is this? What is this?" I thought, "Is is, is Lightroom? Is Capture One? Is some you know, is somebody Canon doing a doing a?" It, I was amazed to find that it, yeah, it was a different one, but it was about serving people because that's when you tell people stories. Um, you know, that's our opportunity to to let them see the beauty of their lives, um, the beauty of the world around them. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I could go on for days. So well, it was, sorry. it was absolutely, I mean, it's just like captivating. I'm watching this just image mm -hmm. after image after image that does storytelling in such a powerful way. And to me that that's the epitome. It's kind of like you talked about earlier, the time life national geographic mm -hmm. type photography. That's what we were seeing last night. And, um, I, I'm going to fast forward a little bit here. We're going to come back, but if you can take that passion and translate it to that quality of, and that impactful imagery, in the context of yes. weddings or, or family portraits, you're going to be in a really incredible spot. And, and we'll give more context to that statement here in just a little bit. But let, let's keep moving because we have a lot to cover. Okay. We yeah. already talked about the fact that you're, you're based in uh, Riceville Beach. And of course, mm -hmm. that's near Wilmington, the, the broader marketplace. And then you're going to be right. working eventually later this year in Knoxville, Tennessee. And you're, mm -hmm. are you just going to be going back and forth between those two markets kind of evenly? Or what's, what's the thought that there? That's correct. So we'll have a we'll have a home in both places, um, okay. just due to um, our family's situations and mm -hmm. that sort of thing. So we'll have a we'll have a place in Knoxville. We'll have a place um, in the North Carolina area, either Raleigh or Wrightsville Beach. And I'll continue to serve um, North Carolina, coastal North Carolina, um, South Carolina, because I'm doing some of that as well in East Tennessee. And, okay. Um, so East Tennessee will be new to me, but. And, and um, 
And it's, it's, it's a cool place, by the way. I'm only about an hour and a half from Knoxville. So in fact, my son is going to college up there at University of Tennessee at Knoxville uh, as well. So it, it's oh, that's a, awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful area. Knoxville itself actually is a really cute little town. It, it's a really cool place to live. So that, that's exciting. Um, I, the reason, of yeah. course, that this matters, again, is we want to, when we're talking about establishing a brand position statement, we need to be aware of the marketplace, what's going on in the market or markets that we're going to be working mm -hmm. in. Because, again, we can't just randomly write a position statement without that awareness. The goal is to stand out above or amongst the, the other photographers, the work that other photographers are doing in that area. And I'll come back to that here in just a little bit, but of course that's why that, that matters. What type of photography, like if you were to sum up in a sentence right now, you met somebody random on the street and you told them what type of photography you offer, how would you sum that up? Um, I, I would probably say um, photojournalistic um, uh, wedding portrait and proposal photography is what I would say um, with a little bit of an editorial flair. Because I do, um, we do take some time, especially with my wedding couples, to um, to do some editorial work because it's who wants to not dream a little and do something, you know, a little bit out of the ordinary and, and amazing on your wedding day. So, sure, you know, you want to document what happened, which is amazing and wonderful anyway, because it's the start of your your life and something mm -hmm. brave. But then sometimes it's fun to just take some time to create something really, really, you know, special and a little out of what might be out of a ordinary in terms of photo. Oh, for sure. If that makes sense. Yeah. It does. Yeah. And we'll come back to that. You know, the, the, the goal with brand position and brand position statement ultimately is specificity. Mm -hmm. um, the reason that, and just to be clear for everybody listening and watching a brand position and brand position statement, they're not the end all be all for marketing, but it's, I think an important piece of the puzzle. And the reason again, is that there, we are inundated with photographers or photographers all around us. And if a potential client comes to our website and we just say, for example, we are a wedding photographer based in Wilmington, North Carolina, just as a simple example, then that in and of itself doesn't really set us apart from the people around us. Same goes when it comes to the specificity of the service being offered. So um, specific, if we are very general, if we just say we're wedding photographers or we're portrait photographers, that in and of itself isn't going to capture somebody's attention as much as if we're able to add some kind of variation or caveat specificity to that position statement. Mm -hmm. And um, again, we'll come back to that a little bit later, but I just want to give context, of course, for everybody listening in as well. What, when you break down the percent, I know you're doing wedding photography and portrait photography, both what percentage of each roughly would you say? Um, well, right now, when I look forward to 2023, about 80% looked for weddings. Um, but I will say the I think as a general rule, I tend to be at about a 65-35 split. It's just that most of my portraiture tends to book um, from March on um, because of the fact that I'm currently in a beach vacation destination, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it does. It, it, the reason I ask this question is sometimes photographers are they're, they're kind of trying to figure out what direction to go. They may be offering two, three, four services. And if you were to tell me, hey, you know, 90% of my business is weddings and 10% is portraits, and or even like 85, 15, potentially even 80, 20, I would say, hey, you know what? Consider, at least consider the possibility that maybe you go where the biggest opportunity lies. Also enabling, of course, more specificity and, and focusing on one particular thing, because again, that will enable you to stand out more easily than carrying multiple services. In this case, 65, 35, 35% is a good, strong percentage. And, and I realize mm -hmm. that it plays well, especially to your home there in North Carolina. Um, so I don't think it's necessary to, to branch off in this case and, and only focus on one. But again, I just want to give okay. context for everybody listening in and watching as well as to why I might ask that question. What would you say currently 
um, makes your wedding photography or portrait photography unique in the market that you're currently in? I know you, you're not in Knoxville yet, so let's just focus on that Wilmington area, Wrightsville Beach area. What makes it unique? Well, um, I think that's where I'm struggling um, to, to find to find that. Um, when I look at it and, and the way I the way I approach it. I think it may be um, my inspiration and the way that I approach um, photography in general. Um, you know, my inspiration is, as I mentioned, you know, more um, photojournalistic, um, you know, time, even Greg Williams, um, that type of work. Um, and that really influences the way I approach a session and the way I take pictures. So, and the pictures I choose to take, I guess, is probably the way I should say that. Um, I think a lot of... Um, people who, 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 um, from what I can see, um, are, are approaching, um, photos in that way are either in the really high end luxury market, um, or else they're more of the kind of adventure. Let's tell your story. The, the editing style on those tends to be, um, and some of the photos taken in the photo techniques tend to be a little bit more, um, modernistic maybe in the, in the way they're done using some, some different trends and things. And I tend to try to stay more classic, um, so I think that might, it, maybe I, I keep thinking, maybe I'm looking to be the classic alternative to the kind of that vibe, um, in a more moderately priced market, you know. So, and, and let me ask you while we're on that note of price, cause I, I looked on your site and I don't think I saw any numbers. Would you be willing to share oh, yeah. what your wedding photography and portrait photography starts at? For sure. Um, so a full day of wedding photography with me starts at $2,500. And, and you broke up just a little bit. You said 20, how much? 24. 24. Okay. And what about your portrait mm -hmm. sessions? My portrait sessions um, are 400 for a full session. Then I do a smaller, a smaller session for 250 okay. um, just to allow for clients who maybe don't have that $400 budget. Yeah. And just to give you context, and again, for everybody listening in, uh, the last numbers that I saw, and this comes from theweddingreport.com, but roughly 70% of weddings in the U.S. are photographed for about $2,000 and below. So you naturally fall immediately into the, the top 30%. And that's just important to note because if you're, if you're in any way considering building price into the conversation about what your brand represents in, into your brand position, uh, because I know that you, you talked, mm -hmm. I think in the, both the questionnaire, the, the notes that you sent to me, and maybe even on your website as well, you talk about wanting to make photography more accessible for more people right? They give more people access to mm -hmm. professional yeah. photography, which I think is a wonderful thing. It's just important to note that at that price point that you're at, you're still in the kind of top 30%. Just to give you a further breakdown, so 70%, okay. roughly 70%, let's say, um, of weddings photographed in the U.S., 2,000 and below. The next 10 to 15% is in the two to four range. And, mm -hmm. and then everything else kind of falls ab above that. Um, so yeah. that gives you an idea. And, you know, a lot of photographers, this is important conversations, generally speaking, because a lot of photographers are, are striving to build their photography business to continue to up their prices. I did it as a wedding photographer as well, started at 350, went up to 10 grand. Um, and I understand the reason for doing that. Shoot less, mm -hmm. make more, not burn out, et cetera. Work with more select clients. I understand all the motivations and they're totally fine, but there is a smaller market in that, mm -hmm. in that price range. Um, so it's something to consider as well. Portrait sessions, you know, 400 bucks, that puts you in the kind of the upper tier or middle middle to upper tier. Um, again, something just to consider if you're looking at price as a way to be able to reach a particular segment of the market, it's important to know that data. So I just wanted to kind of add that context and, and get that context from you. Yeah, yeah. 
what would you say is your, and again, this is more for everybody listening and watching um, so that you understand. We're just getting a lot of context here before we dig into what a potential brand position statement might be. What would you say is your target customer's biggest pain point or two? Hmm. I think probably um, the biggest pain point would be that they're wanting, um, they value, you know, legacy connection. They want an honest rep representation of moments, you know, the moments in their lives. Um, they really want to be taken care of. Um, they care about print and that sort of thing, but they may not have a luxury photography budget, um, but they're not possibly a value, you know, very, very value budget. They're kind of that middle of the road. Um, they want an easy process that isn't overwhelming and they do care about printing their photos. Mm. So I don't know if that's helpful. Yeah, it, uh, it, it is. And the thing that resonated with me and kind of stuck with me again, as I was looking through the notes that you sent to me, um, was the significance of, of honest representation or honesty in the documentary of their wedding or their portrait session. And I want to come back to mm -hmm. that because I think that's an interesting one um, and, and might play a significant role in a potential brand position statement for you. Uh, for, yeah. for those of you that are listening in, again, for further context, when we think about a brand position and ultimately the statement that represents that brand position, we want to speak to, ideally speak to the potential pain points. And pain point might seem a little dr dramatic a phrase, but the question is, how do we meet the needs and or desires of that potential target market? If we understand what it is that they want and they need, then the goal is to establish a brand position that speaks to one or multiple of those desires or needs of the potential client. Again, not just a cute phrase that we, you know, we type out for SEO purposes on our website, but it actually has value. It speaks to the value proposition that resonates with our potential client. And that's why that, that question matters. And then I guess, oh, go ahead. Oh, and one thing about that. So um, that's one reason because because I know that my clients um, are valuing um, valuing print or valuing having you know tangible representations of their images, um, like for my wedding my wedding packages, those they do include you know an archival quality album, um, that sort of thing. So I really try to serve them well, um, so that they don't walk away needing more after the session. They they have what they need, they have what they wanted, and it's not you know, an add on price or something like that. Mm, so, okay. And okay. so I feel like it's, um, it serves them well in a way that it's not a, a cumbersome process. It's not, um, you know, you have, you had your session, but okay, you have to buy your images. Now, you know, you, you get what you, and so, and I know there's a lot of different, um, conversations in the wedding industry or the portrait industry that happen around pricing and how to, how to do all that. But I'm trying to find a way to, um, make what, make a luxury, feel of experience of service um, in a, in an upper middle tier income bracket, if that makes sense. How do you, so how do you, let's talk about that for just a second, because again, with, with brand position, the goal is specificity. If we try to accommodate yeah. this side of things and that side of things and this thing over here and this thing over here, it can start to get muddy, right? We're trying to do too much That's, for too many yeah. people. So we have to, yeah. I think it's important. I know there's a, there's a FOMO, right? There's a fear of missing out. Like if, if I, if I get super specific, I'm going to miss out on this potential business here. And that is true. Yeah. But the flip side of that is of course, it enables us to build a business more efficiently, honestly, because now we're focused in on one mm -hmm. target market and ultimately yeah. one particular service or set of services that reflect, reflect a very specific brand position. So when you talk about the idea of both having a moderate, let's call it a moderate price point, but then also giving a high end feel, how do you do those two things together? 
Um, well, I, I, I spend, I, I'm available for consult for all my clients. Um, so, so we'll spend time, you know, as much time as needed on the phone. Um, we'll sit down, we'll talk about, you know, we'll plan out their, um, we'll plan out their session well in advance. If there's something they're dreaming about, um, I'll go and scout that location and have it all mapped out for them. Um, even for just a small portrait session, um, we sit down and we, we talk through, um, you know, I, I help them for wedding clients. You know, we really spend a lot of time with um, Timeline. I meet them on site if they if they want a site meeting. I try to meet with every wedding client, um, sit sit down face to face so that we can buy them coffee and spend time with them. So I guess mm-hmm. that's what I mean, more of a luxury experience. Um, you know, I help them work through their album design because albums are a part of their package. Um, and so I, there's, there's, it's more service oriented, I guess, than just showing up, taking your pictures, editing them and uploading them to a gallery. I don't really want to talk to you much more. So there's just, I, I try to really focus on the service aspect of it. That makes sense. So I would actually focus on that word versus using the word luxury, because the, the thing about yeah. using for lack of a better phrase, like all these catchphrases, kind of the popular terms in the industry yeah. on our website, is that the meanings of the words can get watered down if they don't reflect accurately mm-hmm. what it is that we're doing or offering, right? So I, I would I would hesitate to use the word luxury, understanding your business as, as much as, or the little bit that I do anyway so far, I would hesitate yeah. to use that word. I would focus on the service orient uh, orientation um, or and I, I hesitate to go here because it's very commonplace, but the, the focus on relationships, right? Um, there are different mm-hmm. ways that you can go about framing and praising the idea that, that the relationships that you have with your clients really matters to you. And here's how, and you can, you can actually list those things out that you do, but I wouldn't naturally jump to attaching the luxury label to that because that might create a little bit of confusion. If they, I mean, people like to feel luxurious. I understand that. But actually, speaking of the Super Bowl, there was another commercial last night that was super confusing to me. Um, I don't know if you remember seeing it. It was, um, I forget the name of the brand, but the, the tag phrase or the catchphrase was shop like a billionaire. Did you see that? Yes, I did see that. And the, it, was the, it wasn't until I saw it the second time through that I got it. And it was only because I saw the commercial twice. So the first time through, I didn't get it. it so tell me how you, me. like, I only saw it once. Tell me how you kind of took that in the second time. Like, what did it actually mean to you? Or what, what, how did it make sense or not make sense to you? So the first time, it, the first time I didn't get it at all. The second time, I guess what they were trying, what I felt like they were trying to say is that a billionaire can just buy anything they want, not have to even think about it. And so as this girl was going through, you know, she's like, I want to buy that. 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 And I can just do it because it's $6, $4, $8 as opposed to, um, you know, however much it would have been. So I think what I got, it was trying to say is that a billionaire can just buy anything and not and just walk around and do that. And you, because of that particular, because of the low price point of all of these items on the clothing app, you can shop without even thinking about it, <laughs> which I, I seem to be the, um, the gist of it, which I think we should be thoughtful about our purchases. But <laughs> Well, yeah. So the, the intention, I think, was good. And you, you make a good point. It, it's that being able to just kind of buy anytime, anywhere, whatever I want. Yeah. Um, and by the yeah. way, the brand is Timu. I, I was looking it up really quick while, while you were talking T-E-M-U for anybody who's curious. And you can probably find the, the uh, commercial on YouTube. But where I, where I think it was a bit confusing is that we're talking about shopping like a billionaire. And if we want to really dig into it, a billionaire is not going to shop with an app on their phone, right? Th- th- that's just not how no. they think or they're going to work. But even more so, they're not going to be 
shopping for clothing that costs $8.99 on their phone. So to me, mm -hmm. that's where a bit of the disconnect, the intention was a good one, but I think it also creates a little bit of confusion or like billionaire, but clothing for nine bucks, these two things don't really line up. And I, I think it's mm -hmm. an example of what it is that we're talking about here, where we need to make sure that we're using words that back up the service accurately that, that, it, that we're offering. Yeah. Um, and it's not that the intention is bad, but we just don't want to create confusion, conscious or subconscious confusion on the part of the client or potential client where we're saying one thing, yeah. but we're doing something different. So I would focus on the service side versus trying to also attach the luxury term to that on your site while simultaneously offering your services at a price point that's at the mid to, well, about the kind of middle of the road as far as the prices are concerned. Does that make sense? That totally makes sense. Yeah. And it's one less thing that you have to try to kind of accommodate in that brand position. And again, we'll yeah. come back to that here in just a little bit. The next thing that I like to do when, when we're talking about developing awareness, so it, it's important to get context as to where we as individuals are coming from, right? As, as human beings first, because we're human beings that are building a business. We are not our business, right? We're human beings that want to build a business. And so it's important to be clear about our intentions, like we talked about before, to understand what's driving those intentions. And that helps create context and awareness for the sake of establishing what, by the way, is not just simply a brand position statement to represent how our business is different than everybody else, but it's also ultimately going to be our business model. So here again, instead of, you know, a lot of photographers, they might put a phrase, a cute phrase there on their website that sounds creative and cute, or it might be helpful for SEO, but it doesn't really represent the business model that they're ultimately trying to build. What we're talking about here is, first of all, a brand position statement that accurately and very quickly, simply communicates how we are unique and how we're going to make the lives of those mm -hmm. potential clients better, right? How we add value to their lives. Right. That's what this position statement does. What that then should translate to is that it should literally drive our business model. The way that we function day in and day out, week in and week out as photography business owners, it should represent that. So that's another reason why we spend so much time kind of getting context here, because we don't just want to simply throw out a cute phrase and be done with it. We're building not only a brand position statement to represent what it is that we offer that's unique, but we're also ultimately thinking about a business model. Once we establish this brand position statement, everything that we do on a day-to-day -day basis should focus or should support that brand position. Um, so it's important mm -hmm. to do that. And to that end, not only personal context, but ultimately market context, developing awareness about what's going on in the marketplace is really important. And so what I, what I like to encourage photographers to do and what I did for you, Stacey, here is a very simple Google search for the sake of mm -hmm. developing market awareness. There's nothing fancy or complicated about this. Um, and, and the phrases that I searched, uh, one was Wrightsville Beach Photography. So as I started to, to uh, Wrightsville Beach, of course, is the area that you live in start to type in Wrightsville Beach and start to type out the word photographer or photography, Google automatically feeds you the most popular search. And photography, uh, as I'm typing it in, was, was the one that came to mind. So Wrightsville Beach photography is the phrase that I searched. Um, the second one that I searched was Wilmington photographers, plural. And then the third one was Knoxville photographers, uh, plural. And just, I, I use a tool called Keywords Everywhere. It's a plugin for Google Chrome. And it, mm -hmm. what's cool about this, this plugin is a number of things, but it, it gives me context as to, to the volume of searches for those particular phrases. So to give you that context, Wrightsville Beach Photography gets a volume of roughly 50 searches a month. Okay. Wilmington Photographers gets a volume of 210, roughly 210 searches a month. So basically 4X what Wilmington Beach is getting. And that's something important to keep in mind. We'll come back to this too, but something important to keep in mind when you work with 
a web developer or designer and then work with ideally an SEO specialist to consider that there's 4x the number of searches for Wilmington photographers versus Wrightsville Beach. It doesn't mean that you can't also speak to Wrightsville Beach, but when you're when you're thinking about the copy and the headers, the tags that you're putting on your site, you probably want to focus more on Wilmington than just Wrightsville Beach specifically because that's not getting a lot of traffic. Does that make sense? It does. It's so surprising, but yeah, I had no idea. That's awesome. Well, and a lot of that probably just simply has to do with the fact that Wilmington has a much bigger population, right? Wrightsville's little tiny, yeah. Wilmington being that broader area. And, and so that is largely probably the reason that's driving that. Now, here's what's really yeah. cool, too. You can get excited about this. Going to Knoxville, which isn't a particularly large, I mean, we could, case, we could say city, but it's not huge. Um, Knoxville right. photographers, the volume, roughly speaking, per month is 390 a month. So you're you're going into a marketplace that has, let's just, you know, round up 400. uh, What is that? 8x, the the search volume that you're getting for Wrightsville Beach. Um, So there's there's potentially even more business to be had in the Knoxville area. You should have plenty of work to do if if you if you do this right um, as you move into that Knoxville market as well, which is which is good to know. Now, um, what I do is I, I do that search. So right. Let's just take Wrightsville Beach photography. I do that search. And then what I'm going to do is look at the. Uh, organic results that come up, business listings and or just the regular search results. Uh, the first, let's call it three or four pages of results. Now, I will say, and this is to kind of kind of double down on, on the point that I was making about the popularity of Wilmington versus Riceville Beach. The results that I got um, were, well, not, there was barely even results. Let's just put it that way. When you search Wrightsville Beach photography, there was maybe one photographer, two potentially, that came up that were specifically their website was specifically geared toward or designed for Wrightsville Beach populace. People going to Wrightsville Beach, looking for a photographer specifically in Wrightsville Beach. There was maybe one person. All the other results were blog articles, um, other photographers that are maybe based in the kind of the broader area, Wilmington or otherwise, that happened to come up in the search results but weren't specific to Wrightsville. So the flip side of this conversation that's kind of interesting is there aren't a lot of people making a ton of effort when it comes to SEO for the sake of Wrightsville Beach. Now, it, it would take some work and some research and potentially even just going ahead and running with a test to see if you work with somebody who's an SEO specialist to get, really dial in your SEO for Wrightsville, if maybe there might be even more business opportunity there because you're actually making an effort to show up in the rankings. Right now, it looks like nobody's really trying. And so I'm not going to name any business names here, but there's another photographer based in that area who is like the first option. And that's pretty much it. Nobody else is really showing up in, in the search results uh, with any significance. Okay. So again, another little, another side note. And while we're on the topic of SEO, and this is not the intention ultimately of, of these episodes, but I do want to just point something out that's, uh, that's kind of interesting about this. Uh, do, do you mind if I share a little bit? No, absolutely not. What I'm seeing with, yeah, let let me share a little bit of what I'm seeing in SEO. And I'm I'm crossing my fingers here that uh, my software is going to allow me to share this as well. Just one second while I pull this up. Let's see if it'll actually show my, my browser here. Crossing fingers, crossing fingers. No, it's not working. Hmm. Okay. Well, this is what this is what I'll tell you just very simply. And and again, because this is not a show about SEO specifically, I'd, I'd recommend um, my friend who's been on the podcast now at least once or twice, uh, Fuse Rice, Fuse Rice. 
get found with fuse is dot com is, okay. is the website and um, for anybody who's looking for help with seo i, I can't recommend fuse or fusa enough uh, she's a really great teacher and has a lot of really practical information to share and if you actually go to bocapodcast.com and just search seo um, you'll you'll be able to see the most recent episodes she did with us here i think in the last two or three months um, you can you can oh, check awesome. out that and if, actually if you go okay. to we're, we're not actively recording new episodes anymore for the newbie podcast but newbiepodcast.com n-o-o-b-i-e podcast.com search for seo there and we did an episode with fusa on that uh on that show as well and that would be another okay. good point of reference the reason i bring all this up is um, i use a, a particular tool and again i'm using chrome that's why i'm not able to pull it up uh here right now because my my software is set up to look at safari but on, on chrome there's a little plugin, the free plugin, and it's called Detailed SEO Extension. Do you use Chrome, by the way, Stacey? Okay. I don't, but I, but well, I, but I have it because for my website, which is Show It, you have to have Chrome to look at the back end of the website. So um, I, I'm not super familiar with it, but I do have it, so I can okay. learn to figure this out. Yeah, there are more extensions, uh, to my knowledge anyway, more extensions available, readily available for, for Chrome. So Keywords Everywhere was one that I mentioned earlier. That's a really great tool yeah. that gives you an idea. When you do a search, it'll show you the volume for that search, but it'll also show similar ser or searches, other searches, related searches, and their search volume. So okay. th that will help, again, in development of SEO. Um, but this other this other uh, extension that I just mentioned, and I totally slipped my mind again. Um, it is called Detailed SEO Extension. <laughs> it's a funny okay. name, but it's actually a really helpful little tool. So if you install that in Chrome, um, one of the things that I noticed is that there is, there's been weight given to, and I'll actually pull up your site. I know I can't share this on my screen, but uh, I'll just kind of talk you through this really quickly and then we'll move on. Um, what it's showing is there's there's no title on just I'm just looking at your homepage here. So there's no title. Yeah. Um, no specific okay. title on your homepage. There's no description, no descriptive text, uh, at least the way that it's it's set up. Um, and headings are really important when it comes to what Google is actually seeing. H1 headings get the get the priority, and then H2 headings, of course, fall underneath that. Your first H1 heading on the homepage of your website is "Hi, I'm Stacy." And naturally, ah. that's not what you want. That's not what people are searching for when they're trying to search for a photographer in Wilmington or Wrightsville Beach or Knoxville, Tennessee, right? Um, the next H1 down, you've got multiple H1s, which can potentially cause a, an issue too when people are searching. The next H1 is, it just says Stacy, dash Stacy. And the next one says, let's connect and create something special. And the next one says, thank you for reaching out. These are not related to photography and and of course, not going to be helpful in getting found. Um, the H2, that you have an H2 at the top of the page that says an East Coast-based photographer for weddings, proposals, and portraits. And that's something that would be more relevant to uh, the idea of an H1 tag. Uh, but I'll leave it at that. Again, I'm not an SEO specialist. I've learned enough over the years to be dangerous, but I just wanted to throw that out there. And I can't recommend enough that you go chat with Fuse. Um, she'll okay. be able to really help you in detail and and get you set up right for uh, on your website because not only in your effort to to build this business in the North Carolina area, but as you're going to Knoxville, you're going to want to make sure that you've got your your eyes dotted and your T's crossed and everything lined up like it should be to get the best possible results when it comes to search. 
Yeah, that's great. Thank you. I had no idea about those things. So that's awesome. Thank okay. You. Well, that that's just a little bonus. I, what I want to get into here real quick, because um, we don't have a whole lot of time left, is market awareness before I make a suggestion or two about a brand position statement. So the goal yeah. here, again, is to develop awareness of um, what photographers in that marketplace are offering, those the services being offered. Do they even have a brand position? And a lot of photographers don't. If they do, it's, it's not super strong. But the services being offered, the prices being charged, the type of photography... Uh, being offered and then ultimately what words they're using to describe those services right because there may be plenty of wedding mm -hmm. photographers um, there may even be a couple of documentary style wedding photographers but if they're not using that terminology at all and not kind of owning that particular space then that in and of itself gives you the potential opportunity to go and own that particular space as a documentary wedding photographer, a documentary portrait photographer. So I, I'm just mm -hmm. going to read through a list here of the results that I was seeing and honestly there's there's not a lot in the rightsville area. Um, to, to speak of the, the one photographer that did show up in Wrightsville that I, that I mentioned earlier, of course, again, we're not mentioning business names here, but they didn't really have a brand position statement, um, but they did have copy on their site speaking to Wrightsville. But other than that, it was blog articles. Um, there's, there's one that popped up that was, this is a brand position statement of sorts, real estate area and lifestyle photography. It's really a statement of services. Um, another one that popped up said, passionately preserving your most intimate moments through timeless photographs. Um, another is family newborn maternity photographer serving Wilmington area. So you can see where Wilmington photographers are kind of trickling into the Wrightsville results. Uh, Wilmington, North Carolina photographer, photographer for families, children, and couples. Um, this one did actually have a statement speaking to Wrightsville, candid Wrightsville Beach, North Carolina family photographer. The next one, a Wilmington, North Carolina-based photographer for weddings and brands. Another is female portrait and personal branding photography. Another is creating beautiful, timeless, and authentic photographs. By the way, again, most of these, there was really no little to no indication of Wrightsville. It was just photographers that happened to come up in the search. Um, and the list goes on. I'm not going to read through a ton of those because very simply, if you do want to dig into your, your presence, your online presence, when somebody searches for a photographer in Wrightsville, you have a massive opportunity right there. And again, I would, I would chat with Fuse as to, does that make most sense? Do you do that? Do you focus on Wilmington? Is there some way to incorporate both? Um, but there's opportunity there nonetheless, uh, where again, we get the bigger list of position statements. I'm gonna put in air quotes, because again, a lot of them aren't necessarily position statements or maybe not even intended to be. Um, We'll talk about this here in just a second, but the, the goal with a position statement is ultimately to put it above the fold. So when somebody lands on your site, it's the first thing that they see. Big, bold text. Immediately, they know what your brand position is within the span of two, three, four seconds. That's the goal. A lot of photographers will have some version of a position statement, but it's kind of buried in the small little text and you have to go looking for it. And that's not helpful to anybody. The goal is to immediately communicate that brand position statement. Nonetheless, when I search Wilmington photographers, I'm just gonna read through these really, really quickly. Um, here are statements that come up. Adventures in image. We are storytellers. Uh, black and white portraiture of your family. I, I, I got a kick out of that one because the example I always use when I talk about brand position is black and white uh, wedding photography for Chattanooga couples. And this person actually specifically is building a brown, brown black and white portraiture of, of family. I thought that was kind of cool. Simple, authentic, fun. That's how wedding photography should be is another one. Powerfully feminine boudoir portraiture and storytelling wedding photography for the Carolinas and beyond. Capturing cloud nine wedding magic. Um, devoted to capturing your most beautiful moments. Capturing the moments that tell your story. Documenting, uh, documenting human connections. Storytelling for couples and families full-service real estate media for agents um, in ILM, 
a coastal North Carolina portrait and wedding photographer who helps others look and feel their best on camera. We think your memories are worth the shot. Photographic pieces of art that make your home or office more beautiful. Unposed editorial natural light because your memories, and actually let me pause on this one. And there are multiple statements I really want to comment on here, but I, I, I want to mention this because I, I know that in your notes, you talked about natural light or, or using flash rather, and kind of the importance <laughs> of that to you. My suggestion to you and to everybody listening in is to stay away from technical conversation about photography when it comes to the copy that you have on your website, because 90, okay. 95% of our clients, maybe even more are potential clients. They don't care. They don't know what that means. They don't know how to differentiate between the two, you know, natural light, flash photography. That's really a conversation for photographers and it really doesn't add value to most potential clients. So my encouragement to you is develop your okay. style, shoot the way that you want to. That's awesome. But the, the editing style or even the photographic style, um, aside from what we're going to talk about style, when it comes to, you know, the technical elements of it, I should say, that's really an irrelevant conversation to, to most potential clients. So I just encourage you to keep it simple. Keep that to yourself. Keep that to conversations okay. with photographers, but not for potential clients, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's one less thing. So it is one good. less thing. <laughs> that's exactly it, right? We're narrowing it down. <laughs> the other thing to, to note as I'm reading through this is the number of times, and this was more poignant last night than it had been in a while as I was looking through last night um, and maybe even the day before, but capturing and memories or some version of those words, I saw more than maybe I ever have in a long time. And it's, it is so easy to follow suit. And this is again, a tendency that photographers have is just to kind of copy paste the, the, the text or the copy that they're seeing on photographers, other, you know, their peers, their competition in the area, photographers that they love. They keep using the same words over and over and over again, which means that those words carry little to no meaning. In many cases, they're kind of arbitrary anyway. Like what does that actually mean? Um, to, to be authentic. Like, what does that mean in the context of photography? It, 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 it's used so much that it doesn't carry any significance and it could be specific in its meanings. It can be subjective in its meaning, right? So just mm -hmm. kind of keep that in the back of your mind as I'm reading through these, because it comes up so much, which means there's an opportunity for you to not do that, number one, and to, to write a position yeah. statement that, that steps away from using all these, what has become cliche terms uh, in the con in context of photography. Uh, let's see. Okay. Because your memories are speaking of, because your memories are priceless. And then the subtext was an heirloom passed down generation to generation. Timeless, romantic, vibrant images that tell your personal love story. Specializing in wedding photography and videography services. Lifestyle fashion portrait photographer based in Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, capturing your coastal portraits. So that's Wilmington. And I'm going to go ahead and just read through really quick the results that I got from Knoxville as well. And then we'll come back around and talk about this real quick. Images with emotion. Um, Knoxville's premier newborn and family photographer, joyful, romantic, vivid, joyful, authentic, love swept. That's two different photographers, by the way. There was a trend in our industry for a while driven by an individual I know, actually, who was encouraging photographers to could come up with three words that represented their brand. And I, I'm not sure what the intention exactly was there or how that ultimately benefited the end client. For the photographer, it begins to develop some level of focus. Like here are three concepts that I want to focus on or they, you know, there's some reflection of my passion and personality when it comes to photography, but it lacks specificity. And if, if there, if everybody's using similar words, and of course it also lacks meaning and literally two photographers in a row that I searched had their three words and both of them were using joyful for the first one. And, and the other question <laughs> you gotta, you gotta ask there is like, of course I'm photographing joyful, like what? So if I'm not photographing joyful pictures, I'm photographing sad pictures. Like what, what's the, what's the yeah. value in saying something like that? Right. It's, I don't think a lot of photographers think logically when it comes to these types of questions, 
or, or and it's not that's that sounds kind of harsh it's it's just we don't know better about how to think about this process which is really the goal of of this this podcast and i didn't really know until i started reading and developing <laughs> and understanding the significance of brand position otherwise we're just kind of we're, we're flailing a little bit we're just like oh this sounds cute i'll just put that on there Three words. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. I'll get my three words and I'll put that on the website. But the question is, how does it actually communicate value? How does it speak to the mm -hmm. needs and desires of that potential client? That's really the question at the end of the day. And then more specifically, how yeah. does it do so in a unique way? And that's, that's the goal here. I'll keep yeah. going. Um, outdoor and studio classic portraits for Knoxville families, documenting real fleeting moments through dreamy sentimental imagery, commercial photographers in Knoxville, Tennessee, capturing love, enjoying the moment, freezing time, making memories. I mean, I, I don't know how many times memories has been used now in all these phrases, but you get the idea. Premier portrait boudoir photography studio, Knoxville family portrait photographer, present over perfect and valuing your family legacy with tangible heirlooms, uh, photography on purpose, serving you unconditionally, capturing moments that last a lifetime, making you feel loved. Uh, I think capturing and memories are the two words that are in competition right now so far. Photographer of love and light, um, Knoxville family photographer, empowering mamas to feel confident in front of and behind the camera, capturing timeless, elegant, and romantic moments to last a lifetime, authentic and artistic, uh, your East Tennessee wedding photographer, images that you'll adore, uh, as opposed to creating images you're not going to like. I'm not sure the, the significance <laughs> there. Uh, I'm a natural light photographer based in Knoxville, Tennessee, specializing in graduation couples, family portraits. Smoky Mountain Weddings, Elopements, and Life Photography, photographed from the heart, uh, photographers serving the Great Smoky Mountains and beyond, property photography, photos with feeling, timeless, romantic, cinematic, make what matters happen, capturing the beauty of the real in, the, the real you in every photo, welcome to a higher standard in wedding photography and videography. So I know I just like sped through those as a lot to take in, but I don't know about you. Sometimes it's easier to, to hear and or see patterns when you take the information in really, really quickly. And you can mm -hmm. see some of the commonalities in the words and phrases that are being used. Yeah, definitely. What, what are your initial like thoughts internally as you're hearing those, those statements and those phrases? I think it's just really that it just, it all sounds the same. And so how do you, how do you communicate? that you're different. You know, I'm not sure every one of those photographers was, was thinking, okay, probably the same thing I'm thinking when I've written out all this stuff, like, okay, this is what my images are like. This is what it's like to shoot with me. How do I tell people that? And then it just, it feels like it all sounds really the same. Well, I think it's for two reasons, right? One is because we hear what others say. And I think most, mm -hmm. I would probably venture at this point, 85, 90% of photographers who are getting into the industry and have for the last 10, 15 years, even they're not, they don't have a degree in business or marketing. They're not, mm -hmm. probably don't have a degree in, in photography either. We're just, and, and I did the same thing. I don't have a college degree. I got into photography and just figured it out as I went. And mm -hmm. so again, no, no shame or, or judgment here for, for the photographers that are just trying to figure it out as they go. But the problem is that we're copy pasting. We're doing and saying what other photographers are doing and saying. And so that's why it's going to say, sound the same. And then the other piece I mentioned earlier as well is that we're kind of fixated on how we feel about photography and we don't really have the vocabulary to, to communicate that effectively. So we just kind of borrow some of the, the common or popular terms and phrases that we see and hear from other photographers. And so we get more and more of the same. So it can be, it can be difficult to come up with a statement until we set aside the notion that we have to be cute, that we have to be creative. And instead with a few words, and I'm going to suggest 
at the most eight or 10 words. We just simply use everyday language to communicate how we differ. And this is really a template. If, if anybody's listening in and wants to take notes and write this down, a template for a brand position statement is the service. Okay. So I'll use the one that I mentioned earlier, wedding photography. That's the service, right? What makes that, that service unique? What's the variation on that particular service? So I'm black and white wedding photography. I only shoot in black and white. Um, the target market couples. And then ideally, if you can work into that same statement, the locale, um, do that. If not, you can put it in the subtext in the H2, but Chattanooga for Chattanooga couples. So I can say black and white wedding photography for Chattanooga couples. That's, that's the service, the variation on the service, the target market and the locale. And you can see how okay. none of those words are cute. They're not creative. They just simply and mm -hmm. objectively at about a third grade level, communicate what it is that I'm offering. And that's the goal. And the cool thing is one, it makes it easy for people to understand Two, SEO. Google loves me talking like a third grader. They don't want me trying to talk like an artist. They want me talking like a third grader because that's how most people think. And that has nothing to do with intelligence. It's, it's the way that we think and communicate on a day-to-day -day basis. There's nothing fancy about it. It's just using simple language like that, that any and everybody can understand. Makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And, and I know that doesn't play well to the, like the, the artist types. I know you're very much an artist type and, and, and I have a lot of respect for that, but we have to kind of, it's, it can be both and right. Your art, let your art be expressed right. through your photography. And for that matter, get super creative in the experience that you're creating for your clients, be an artist in that realm as well. But when it comes to how to communicate that value proposition, just imagine that you're talking to somebody that has to know what it is that you do and why it's different and why they should book you in three seconds, five seconds max. They get to the top of your website, they get to your social media profile, boom, you communicate that super simply and efficiently. And that is the goal with a brand position statement. And, and we should just kind of set aside any other goals of trying to be creative or cute in the process because it just tends to kind of get in the way. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess the, I guess what I keep having trouble with is there's so many of us photographers and we're all doing the same thing. So how do you, how do you, you know, stand out in your, in your wording, if that makes sense. I guess maybe the fact that nobody else is being simple in their wording, you stand out just as a result of that, I guess. So there are a couple of things. One, and, and actually this is a great question. And this gives me an opportunity just to share four different ways to establish a brand position and ultimately a brand position statement. Uh, and, yeah. and it's, it's this, so one, be the first to offer a service and that's going to be a difficult thing. in pretty much any market these days, there's going to be a wedding photographer, a portrait photographer, a pet photographer. Um, I, I found in my, in this, in the process of searching for, uh, or looking at the Knoxville market last night, actually, I think it was Knoxville. Uh, I'll go ahead and shout out this name because I, I think it's a brilliant name. I, I found wiggle butts photography. Can you imagine what type of photography it was? Pets. Yeah. Dog photography. Yeah. I thought it was brilliant because yeah. I, this picture came yeah. to mind. Like you think about how a dog wags their tail and their whole hind end just moves back and forth. Wiggle yeah. butts photography. Yeah. Brilliant. I loved it. Right. But yeah. again, yeah. there's, there's a dog photographer there in, in the Knoxville market. So more than likely a service is being offered that already, there's already a service being offered in the space that, that we're in wedding photography, portrait photography, yeah. boudoir, et cetera. So that's going to be a tough sell, but we have to at least mention it. That's number one. Number two, to be the first to own a service. And this is kind of getting a little bit more to your question. So if everybody's doing the same thing, how do we actually stand out? If there's nobody in that particular market that's, that is saying, I am the photographer that you need to come to, I am, and it's, it's, it's nuanced and it's a little bit of a challenge, I will say, but 
to actually come out and say, I am the premier, Chattanooga's premier wedding photographer. It is, and again, it's very nuanced here, but if I had the ability and the finances, the wherewithal to be able to create an experience that literally blew any wedding photography experience in the Chattanooga market out of the, out of the water. I mean, like I'm serving them champagne at all the meetings. Um, I'm, you know, black tie, black car service, like high end everything. And, and actually not just saying it, but actually doing it every single interaction with that client, high end gifts. Um, I, you know, that I'm giving actually something we used to do here in, in Chattanooga when we were charging more of a premium uh, as well was giving them a, an unexpected gift uh, in, in a like a nice gift box. It was a panoramic photo portrait of the couple from their wedding day. For a while, we actually did it as, as a surprise, like didn't even tell them we were going to do it. And we just hand that to them. There are all kinds of different ways you can up the ante with the experience. Um, again, it's a nuanced way to go about it, but that's another way to do it is to be the first to own, to, to truly own that space or own that service in that marketplace. By the way, you have the opportunity to do that in Wrightsville because nobody's doing that. Um, number three, and this is going to be the most common, this is what I mentioned earlier, is to, be, to offer unique variation on the service. So you have the service, but the variation, this is where you stand out. I think, again, words in our culture get watered down so much. When I say develop a unique brand position, people are like, okay, yeah, I get that idea. But I mean that word unique literally, as in nobody else is offering that thing. And so that's why black and white wedding photography for Chattanooga couples actually works because there's nobody else in the Chattanooga market who's offering only black and white wedding photography. So that is a variation on the wedding photography service that is truly unique. Now, it's going to take some work to come up with what that thing is, but there is where probably the biggest opportunity lies is to come up on the variation on the service. And then the first, the fourth one is to offer the service to a specific market segment. I'm a portrait photographer, but what if I only photographed seniors as in 70 year old, 70 year old and, and above, or maybe I did the same thing for wedding oh, yeah. photography. It's specifically calling out and working with only that market segment. So when somebody comes to my site, I build that into my position statement and all the images back it up. Um, that's, that's the fourth way to yeah. go about establishing a, a clear and distinct brand position. So those are the different ways to go about it. Um, and, and I want to come back around to, to some of the keywords. And I actually made note of these keywords as I was looking through your notes. Um, and I guess through your website as well, but uh, there were some keywords that I wrote down classic photojournalism. I think is something that you, you mentioned at one point, um, affordable, honest photojournalism, honest documentary photography. This is kind of a combination of what you said. And then my thoughts as you were saying them. Um, those mm -hmm. are some keywords that come to mind. What are of those, what resonate with you the most? Um, well, photojournalism, but the, or documentary, probably documentary because photojournalism, sometimes I think of, um, true photojournalism where you can't edit an image and you don't have any, um, editorial control. And so I, and I do take a little bit of, you know, I do take the time to do that when I need to. So probably, probably documentary style is the one that, that, that stands out the most. And then, um, um, honesty in the process, um, and honesty in the, in the actual, um, in the moment that mm -hmm. matters too, you mm -hmm. know, like this is really what the moment felt like, um, for, you know, for example, there was a, um, there was a, a, a wedding that I did that, um, to make a long story short, um, the bride and groom had a little bit of a challenge after the cake smash was, um, a little bit more forceful than it should have been. Okay. And, um, and, 
and and the 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 they were trying to figure out what to do about the first dance. The bride was a little bit upset, wasn't quite ready to have that, and so um, I took a moment and I kind of stepped in and said, "Why don't the two of you? What you really need right now is some connection. Why don't the two of you actually do this out on the um, on the back porch? We'll mm. we'll just we'll change it. Everybody can see you from a distance, you know, mm. um, and." Um, the two of you can have that time alone and still have your special moment away from everyone else. And um, I photographed that. I didn't I didn't redo lights or anything special like that. I photographed it just the way it happened, um, which was, you know, with the light that was um, that was, you know, shining off the, you know, off the off the porch. And so it was honest. I could have I could have done it differently um, in order to preserve this this ideal of a of the dance that didn't happen, but I didn't do it that way. Um, because that moment was important. Um, ultimately, I don't know if that makes sense. It does. It's a, it's a wonderful story and, and depiction of ultimately what, what it is, the type of relationship that you're developing with your clients that, you know, that is in essence, it's, it's set up. So not like true photojournalism at, at like at its root level, but then you're ultimately, right. ca- you're stepping back and you are capturing what's going on and you're not setting that up. So that is right. photojournalism the theme that has stuck out to me and I think where the opportunity to lie is just to kind of kind of bring it to summary is in that focus on documentary photography <laughs> documentary versus photojournalism my encouragement to you would be to to do a little bit of research to see what is a more popular keyword my my assumption is that documentary is going to win by a fair amount even photojournalism yeah. was a pretty popular term back in the day in fact 2000 I call it 2002, 2003, after we got our wedding photography uh, business started, that was really where we really focused because here in the Chattanooga, traditional Chattanooga market at that time, it, it, I mean, it was like, you know, stiff poses with medium format photography and <laughs> same kind of boring lighting. And, you know, that, that was just kind of what it was. So we started, we saw what was coming out of California and this more documentary style wedding photojournalism. And Mm -hmm. that's what we started to focus on even more and a lot of black and white and immediately enabled us to stand out because we were offering something that nobody in the area was really offering. I like that you have that, that intention and that focus. And what's interesting is some may use that term documentary, but it's not been as popular in the last five to seven years, even maybe even a little bit more. People tend to lean a little bit more toward the editorial style kind of fashion magazine shoot approach to photographing weddings and it's cool mm-hmm. it's beautiful there's nothing wrong with it but this is a really interesting kind of lesson to learn you know this from being in marketing but when you see a market tending to go one particular direction there's an opportunity as a business to pivot the opposite way right so if most people are going mm-hmm. in this particular direction then i go the other direction we did this with photographers edit my editing company um, when we started the company in 2008 it was classic post-production because i saw an opportunity to simplify mm-hmm. the service I also knew, uh, well, it, it very, that was a lot of what it was centered around was just simplifying the service, minimal number of options. We were able to lower the price point as well. And we, we went that direction. Long story short, the market shifted back in 2014, 15, thereabouts, maybe 15, 16, where they started shifting toward a subscription model and kind of cheapening the services, if you will, through that process. We had the opportunity to pivot and go with custom editing or custom Mm post-production. And we were able to do that. And we did that because of our primary competitor. And and generally speaking, where the market was, we were able to position ourselves against that. So you want to look for those opportunities. You already have a passion for documentary style wedding and portrait photography. 
the market, it's not super common in the marketplace right now. There may be, there are plenty of people that are doing it as part of the wedding day, or maybe part of the, the session. In portrait world, it's called lifestyle sessions, right? But that's a different mm -hmm. term or different phrase being used. So I think there's opportunity to run with a, a position statement here, which could be just something as simple as documentary wedding and portrait photographer for, you know, whatever your, your marketplace is. Or you could say documentary wedding and portrait photographer as your, your H1, your main position statement. Um, and then in the subtext, you can speak to the marketplaces that you're in. And again, I'd recommend chatting with Fuse and she can kind of dive into those details with you. But that's, I think that's where your opportunity lies. I understand that maybe say 10 to 15% of the, the images that you photograph on the wedding day are editorial in nature. That's fine. But if you're trying okay. to, if you're trying to mix those in to your portfolio and you mix that into the conversation through your copy, now you're starting to kind of get lost in the mix because there are plenty of other people doing both of those things as well. If you lead with your specialty and what you're doing the majority of the time, and then you back those images up or you're back that statement up with images that are just, you know, like we, we talked about that Super Bowl commercial last night, those images, I mean, just one mm -hmm. after the other, just amazing, it's captivating. If you can bring that type of imagery into back up that position statement, whether it's for wedding photography or portrait photography, people will see the statement. They're like, okay, documentary wedding photography. They have at least a rough idea of what that means. There's opportunity in the subtext to be able to, to expand on that a little bit. That's your position statement. You expand on it a little bit and then your images truly back that up. You don't, yes, you may photograph the editorial stuff. You don't even have to post those on your website. That can be, that can be part of what you communicate to the client, but for the sake of establishing a very specific focused brand, what you're going to show on the website is the documentary stuff and not just anything, okay. the stuff that is just absolutely gut wrenching, like just grabs your heart, grabs your emotions when you see that image, because you managed to capture and don't say this because everybody's saying it, but you managed to capture the moment, right? It, you managed to get that split second shot where you can literally see the tear running dad, the dad's face as he's giving his daughter a hug who's, who just got married or, you know, mm -hmm. name, of course, endless possibilities as far as what those moments could look like. But you do it in such a way that it's just, it captures your heart. And I know mm -hmm. the little bit that I know you so far, we talked about your heart, your heart is so obvious and I know it's going to come out in your photography. If you can really hone that skill and continue to develop it. And that's what you show on your site. You couple that with that very clear position statement about what you offer. I think that's a really great place to be. It's a kind of a combination of, of two of the opportunities to, to establish a brand position that we talked about earlier. One is the variation on the service, right? So it's, it's documentary wedding photography. Some people say that they don't back it up. They have plenty of editorial style images on their site or their social media. So it gets confusing mm -hmm. consciously or subconsciously for that potential client. If you say that, but then you back it up, that's where the power really lies. So it's, it's the variation on the services, a component of that, but it's also you owning that space in those markets because nobody in the markets that I looked at, those three that we just talked about, looking at the position statements and their work, by the way, owns that space, nobody. I think there were one or two maybe that mentioned, you know, capturing the moments or something like that. They're alluding to the idea of documentary photography, but looking at their site, I'm not, I'm not like, oh my goodness, I've got to hire this person because they have this ability to document the day without interfering with it in a way that I've never seen before. And it's so impactful and it grabs my heart and I absolutely have to have this photographer. None of that was happening. You had the opportunity to go okay. in to, to own that space based on that variation on the service. And I think that's where the opportunity lies for you. Okay. That makes sense. Um, thank you. But, yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, could, I, could, 
Yeah, that, I could, I could totally, I could totally see that. I guess it's just you know you don't think about it. Um, I, I thought I needed to show um, the, the, because my, my, my issue when it, when it comes to doing that, where I seem to have trouble is, you know, sometimes those, those photos are taken in different types of light situations or, you know, trying to do that in a way that, that is, is cohesive, you know, because I worry about the wedding photographers, you worry about cohesive color branding and all of that. Do you have any advice on, on how to handle, on how to handle those things? Or do you think I should worry less about that and more about, um, well, I guess when I think of that commercial, it wasn't those, 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 there was images. no, there was no color branding there. Not no. in the imagery anyway, they, they no, built it into wasn't. their own branding at the end, but there, there was, the images were black and white actually. So there's literally no color there, That's right. That's but, right. but keep in mind a potential client's not coming. They're not designers. They're not coming to your site and saying first, before they look at your work or your position statement and your prices, they're not going, is Stacy's work cohesive from a color standpoint? When I look at her branding, they're not doing that. They're just simply not doing that. They want to, okay. if, if, if you give them that value prop and that value prop is unique and you back it up, and this is so, I can't stress this enough. You actually back it up with images that truly, in a way, think about those images we saw last night. Or, you know, you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, um, let's see, who's the photographer? Uh, Greg Williams. Think mm-hmm. about the way that those images impact you. And that is your goal now as a wedding and portrait photographer is that imagery. There's the other kind of, Secondary goal is to go back through your portfolio and and with fresh eyes and this fresh perspective now, go back through your Lightroom catalogs from events and portrait sessions that you photographed and go grab fresh images that do that, that make you okay. and, and you know get feedback from your friends and family. Again, from not the photographers, but from the consumer market, the people are like, oh my goodness, yeah. Stacey, that's absolutely amazing. How did you do that? You know, that kind of emotive yeah. response and start grabbing those pictures and really building out your site. So I'll, I'll, we'll finish up here. I know that we've went a little bit long. The statement, I realized there's nothing fancy about the position statement. And this is going back to what we originally talked about. It, it's not about being fancy. It's about very yeah. simply communicating the unique value proposition that you offer to the marketplace or whatever segment of the marketplace that you're, that you're pursuing. So documentary wedding and portrait photographer beautifully sums up what it is that you are attempting to do. I realize there are other smaller components of it. That's fine. We're talking about the 80, 20 or even 90, 10 principle here. And what is going to impact people more is not you making sure you display every single type of photography that you do, but focusing on the main thing, the heavy lifting, that's what you're going to focus on. That's what you're going to, that's what you're going to share. And then that's what you're going to communicate through that value proposition as well. That will make a massive impact. Okay. Next Yeah, I can, that, that helps so much. Um, okay. Cause you, I feel this pressure to think you've got to tell all the things. So yeah, thank you. Thank you. You don't, that's, you really don't. That's exactly where you tell, where you tell all the things is when you, like if, you know, if you want to manage expectations of that potential client, right? So that's where the heavier amount of communication goes on, but photographers try to be cute and creative. They talk all about themselves, the potential client who has five, 10, 15 seconds to, to decide whether or not they even want to pay attention to you. Don't care about any of that stuff. They want to know immediately how you're going to meet their needs and or desires. They want to know how you're going to be able to do that differently than the 50 other photographers in the area saying they can do the same thing. And then they want to see some images that match that. And then again, where you have the opportunity to of course, build an amazing experience for them, which you're going to be so good at knowing you the way that I do you can communicate all day long with them. Be super proactive and detailed in the way that you manage your expectations. But when it comes to communicating that service, make it straightforward, make it simple. 
Simple copy, simple statement, images that back it up, boom. And then you can get into okay. more detail when it comes to managing their expectations about what the experience looks like. That's awesome. Thank you. That makes it feel so much easier. Okay, cool. And, and it really can be. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then you can really focus, like you can double down on building the brand, getting the word out about the brand. And of course, again, building on that experience that, that you're wanting to give to your clients. That's that's where we put our time and effort. But yeah, some of the stuff can be a lot simpler than, than we make it. And I'll, I'll speak from personal experience. I overcomplicate things sometimes too. <laughs> yeah. I'm a classic overcomplicator. If, it, if I can make something complicated, I will absolutely do it. That's In fact, my word for the year, it's late. I haven't picked it yet because it's... Um, because I've overcomplicated it, and but I keep thinking, I keep coming back to that it needs to be simplified. <laughs> it, it's a good thing for all of us, myself included. I'm I'm a, I'm a minimalist by by tendency, but I still overcomplicate. Yeah. So it's a good thing for all of us. Simplicity. The way that I define the simplicity is minimizing the number of moving parts. Right. So mm -hmm. when we think about what we need in order to accomplish anything, whether it's developing a strong relationship with somebody or building a strong business, whatever it might be. We do tend as humans, especially in modern culture, first world culture, where we have so many options and opportunities and we, it, it's, it can be very easy to overcomplicate things. Let's just, let's simplify, minimize the number of moving parts, focus on the 80-20 principle, you know, the 20% that does 80% of the lifting and, and go there and it'll make a massive, massive yeah. impact. It'll simplify your marketing efforts because now it's super focused, right? And it will be mm -hmm. a lot easier for you mm -hmm. to develop a brand that has notoriety because now when people start to think about wedding photography, they're like, oh my goodness, have you seen Stacey Savage's photos? It's like they absolutely just captivate your attention. Every single one of them on our website, they're like, they, they're telling a story. They're so emotive. They're so impactful. I have never seen anything like that before. That's what you're going to be able to do a lot easier when your focus is like this. If you're trying to do all the things, yeah, it, it gets way more complicated. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, Stacey, this has been really, really good. I, and I hope it's been good for you. I'm excited about the, the direction, Absolutely. the opportunity for for you. And um, for anybody who's been listening in or watching, if, if you just go to stacysavagephotography.com and, of course, Stacey Savage Photos on Instagram, you can follow Stacey. Reach out to her. Give her some encouragement. Stacey, thank you so much for being willing to share with us today, for allowing us to do this on air. Absolutely. It was tons of fun. Thank you so much. It was really helpful.